Hi everyone, I'm Wendy Meese, creator of the Left Pocket Project, which brings you the history of leftists of color one swipe at a time. And this is the Left Pocket Project podcast. Before I get into the episode, I just wanted to remind everyone, if you haven't already subscribed to our Patreon to do that, go to patreon.com slash leftpoc. There you can donate a dollar or more per month uh, to help us keep everything over here at the podcast rolling. Um, I know I've been on break for a while, so I really appreciate those of you who have hung out or hung on, I guess I should say, um, and still been have been donating this whole time. So I really appreciate you, um, first of all. But then second of all, if you are Um, unable to donate, don't worry, no problem. Um, You can still check out all of our content for free. So literally every podcast episode that uh, we record here is free and hopefully always will be free. That's definitely the plan, Um, including things that we post on our Patreon, such as materials, side interviews we do, etc. So definitely check those out. And by the way, when I say we, just in case you're new here, um, I'm referring to myself, Wendy Muse. I'm the founder and creator of the Left Pocket Project, which is not just a podcast, by the way, um, but also my co-host, Richard, who is, um, he comes on for most of the episodes, uh, except for like Comrade Mommy, and he may even be on for some of those at some point in the future. Um, not a mommy, but definitely a comrade, <laughs> and we can talk about um, leftism and, and kind of, uh, you know, what it's like in, in the family sphere, if you will. Um, anyway, definitely check out the Patreon. There's a lot of stuff over there that you hopefully will get a chance to check out because it's free. Um, and if you enjoy it, if you enjoy the podcast, if you enjoy uh, our Twitter content, etc., um, our content on social media, feel free to drop a dollar or whatever you have. Um, but anyway, sorry, as, as, as I was saying, um, if you can't donate, that's okay. Um, everything's still free, but feel free also uh, to share to like, um, to tell a friend, family member, colleague, people you hate, people you love, tell them to check us out. Um, and then I'm back off break. <laughs> so anyway, uh, beyond that, also be sure to check us out on Twitter, Facebook, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts, social media fix in, etc. We're there. So feel free to do that. Um, but I, I actually wanted to spend the episode today talking about just, I don't know, like everything. (laughs) So I want to talk about the break that I took and why I took the break. Um, I want to talk about some long-term like floating thoughts that I've had about left media spaces for a long time. Um, and that I've expressed grievances over from the jump. Actually, one of the earliest episodes I did, uh, is about this issue. Um, and then also I just kind of wanted to vent. I'm, I'm, you know, there's a lot going on and, uh, it's tiring. And I just, this is going to be like a very casual episode. Obviously I'm the only guest, um, but it's just more of a background explanation, venting, um, possibly future of the left question mark episode. We'll see how that goes, but it's going to be very casual. So first thing, I just want to start out by saying again, thanks everyone for holding out uh, during this break. I took several months off of doing podcast related stuff, 
Um, for those of you who may know, I do everything related to the podcast. So I edit the podcast. I book the interview guests. Um, you know, Richard and I pick the readings that we're going to do. So I read the books, obviously, or, or whatever we're talking about for that week, that week's uh, Reading Revolution series episode. Um, you know, I manage all the social media, etc. So it's literally a lot of work. Um, and you know, I have a background in DJing and doing some sound stuff, but it's still just, it's, it's time consuming, right? To listen to the entire episode, uh, to take out certain things. Like if a guest wants us to take something out or if I want to take something out, et cetera. So it can be, it can be time, time consuming, excuse me. Um, and then there's also like all this side work, uh, related to podcasting in addition to editing. So for example, you put together the description information or like the show notes as we tend to call them. Um, so I have to kind of vet information and materials there. I have to read things to prepare for the podcast, etc. So there's so many tasks that come along with podcasting if you don't um, have a producer or like someone doing those things. And for a lot of big name podcasts, you know, they have a full crew, a whole host of people doing all this stuff for them. And I just would prefer to continue keeping things the way they are just because I like exercising, um, you know, like total independence over what I say and what Richard says and just like allowing us to have that freedom where we're not, you know, um, answering to anyone else and we're not censoring ourselves on behalf of anyone else and we're not limited by perhaps even what other people say. So I've been asked um, before in the past several times to be a part of, um, you know, like other podcasting networks or other lefty projects and I respect and appreciate all of those and like I'm really thankful and grateful that that people um thought left the left pocket project was was you know something that was worth adding to whatever they were working on um but just for the purposes of remaining independent getting to say what I want to say and as I said not being held to account for what other people say or do um I think that all is very important because I've seen as I will get on to in a minute um just so many things in left media spaces kind of from the jump but I think have that have gotten worse over the past few years um that really concern and disturb me and I think are you know in varying degrees somewhat annoying on the low end to extremely dangerous on the other um and I think it's important that as a left podcaster myself, that I'm uh, very transparent about these things and open about and sharing in sharing uh, my concerns as they tend to grow with time <laughs> um, over what I'm seeing. And, um, you know, I just think it's really important to delineate what the Left Pocket Project does from some of the things that I see popping up on in online left spaces and left alternative media in general um, that I think is detrimental to not only the field, um, you know, this, I, I would consider it a field, right, this field of, of rhetoric and discussion and politics, um, but it's also just detrimental to the larger um, left movement in a lot of ways, because these things don't stay online, right? A lot of, despite all the, the talks about how you know, Twitter is a separate space from the real world, and, you know, if you do this on Twitter, that on Twitter, it's, no one knows about it in the real, real world, and that's not true. Um, obviously, we're real people. The majority of the, the people hosting left podcasts are actual human beings, and they're not bots, right? Um, even though some of them may behave like bots, but they're human beings. Um, so it's important for us to recognize that 
what we do online and what we do offline often merges, often are, are sort of streamlined by virtue of online spaces um, having, uh, they're porous, right? Um, there are journalists who are on online spaces, politicians who are on online spaces, academics, thinkers, writers, everyday people. Like there's not, um, there's not necessarily a barred entry to using social media, right? The only, the only thing you need is a source of internet right um and literacy in most cases so i think that there is a a real um a real need for us to understand that these things overlap and they're kind of one and the same and, and it's just like this is one aspect of our um, human interaction and i think one that has grown tremendously over the pandemic the course of the pandemic obviously because we um, have been limited in our contact directly with people um, by virtue of a you know, airborne uh, virus. So anyway, <laughs> that being said, um, I just want to kind of mark that out. And I also just want to remind people that, you know, um, at Left POC, we're really focused on giving back to the community in whatever ways we can. And we have limited resources, right? So it's, it's wild to me when I'm watching people with millions and millions of dollars that they take in um, through their podcasts or streams or whatever. And then they don't have any sort of um, interest, I guess I should say, or effort that they make with regard to mutual aid. And while I recognize that some people do things off the, the record um, because they don't want to be seen as, you know, doing it just for cloud or doing it to look a certain way or whatever, but I, I wish that people who were doing these things were more vocal about it and that it actually came from the funds that they raised or made through their their show and not from donations right so I remember you know like we've seen these these cases several times in the past where we've had for example politicians or celebrities who make millions and millions of dollars a year who have then subsequently held you know fundraisers for um some cause and in many ways, like the celebrity or the politician, but especially celebrities could have just written a check, right? It would have been a, a swipe here to swipe there, a check, a, a credit card, whatever, and made the donation themselves on top of the, the donations that they raised, right? And they often, you, you rarely see like matching uh, funds every now and then you do, but I would love to see more of that um, on the online left. And I'm not one of those people who thinks, you know, for you to be a socialist, you have to be poor or like live a, a life like a like a monastery style austerity, right? Like I'm not saying that you should, you can only be a socialist if you're poor or whatever. But for me, fundamentally, part of being on the left politically means having concern for other people, right? And understanding the roles that we play. Um, and not, I don't mean this as like, oh, we all should engage in some sort of monetary charity, right? But if we're talking about building a society that's communal, if we're focused on building a society where people respect and care for one another, help each other out, um, we need to make sure that we're keeping our end of the bargain by showing that, right? I think I think you show a lot by doing. And, um, and I think that it's important to keep that as a fundamental tenet of like, left spaces, you know, like left spaces should engage in forms of helping other people, helping comrades. You know, what is the point of having camaraderie if you don't actually 
use the resources that you have to do more than just talk, right? Because anybody can talk. Um, but if you have an excess of resources, or even not an excess, like I said, we don't operate with a huge budget. Um, but all the money we make goes back into the podcast or goes towards, um, you know, when we have guests, we donate to an organization of their choice. Uh, we remunerate our guests. Uh, it's a small you know, small little amount, but still it's something to show them that we appreciate what they've contributed to the show and and the time that they've given as well, because they're taking time away from their work to talk to us. Um, And I also just think it's really important, again, to set an example. I can count on one hand the podcast shows, um, YouTubes, whatever, that make regular donations to to organizations or, or engage in mutual aid projects. And that's a huge, huge problem. Um, and that leads me to what I, I really want to get off my chest. I'm, I'm really tired of what I'm seeing, what I've seen in long term, but what I think is getting worse with regard to people using left media spaces as a as a come up, you know, as a way to get famous, as a way to to make make money, but in a way that seems, um, nefarious. Right. So I, I think there's nothing, I don't think there's anything wrong with making money, right? Like we have to survive. We live unfortunately in a capital system where you require, you know, money to get by. And, um, depending on where you live, it requires a lot of money to just do the bare minimum, right? If you live in a major city in the U.S., although it's increasingly a problem in smaller cities too, um, housing is really expensive. Food right now is super expensive and it's gotten worse because of the pandemic and work shortages and things like that. Um, transportation is expensive. Childcare is incredibly expensive. I mean, it's just the list goes on and on, right? Um, this country is a libertarian hellscape. And so I understand that everything costs money um, and we have to have money to survive. Uh, and and so I don't begrudge anyone from for making money um, on a podcast. But what I do find concerning is that, you know, despite all of the railing against the mainstream media, which is often justified because the mainstream media is a hot mess. I think it's important that we keep in mind that we not, or we bear in mind that it, like replicating some of the things we see in the mainstream media can be incredibly dangerous and harmful to our cause um, and respective causes, plural, right? Depending on what your angle is and, and where you kind of place yourself in, in the left political and media space. Um, and so what I'm seeing a lot lately is there are all these podcasters popping up and YouTubers and streamers and things like that. Um, And they've gotten big very quickly, sometimes with fake followers, um, sometimes by virtue of copying other people's content, um, sometimes by virtue of being (laughs) multi-faced, like two-faced. We normally say two-faced, but I've seen some people who've had what I would call like multi-multiple almost multiple personalities when it comes to their politics, right? Because they change them based on where they think they can make the most money, the audience where they can get the most money. Um, and ha- I'm trying to figure out, you know, like how is that different from from the mainstream media, right? So we have mainstream media outlets that base what they say almost entirely on, you know, their corporate sponsors, right? What their the requirements and, and wants and needs are of the corporations that keep them afloat. Um, but I'm not really sure how doing this on a smaller scale is necessarily healthy. And by that, I mean, for example, what we see with regard to a lot of right wing creep into left spaces, um, you know, 
podcasts that were once left leaning and all of a sudden they're they're putting out messages that seem incredibly antagonistic to left leftists, left spaces, um, left left leaders uh, that seem counterproductive uh, or just contrarian to a fault, right? Um, who are never critical of right wingers or or right leaning politics that are incredibly harmful, um, who don't seem to have a message against fascism or even any sort of response to it. If, if anything, in some cases, they welcome um, a sort of a, a form of fascism into their spaces. So there are lots of degrees of, of, um, of comparison, I would say, between the mainstream space or mainstream media space and some left alternative spaces. And for those of you who follow me on Twitter in particular, you've definitely seen my commentary on this. I've been railing against some of these tendencies, I would say, for many years. Um, And, you know, I don't want to fall down this kind of rabbit hole of like, or or, I don't know what's called. It seems like an endless tunnel of sorts, but um, this idea of like chasing you know, the red-brown alliance stuff. I think that there is some of that that is going on explicitly, right? I think some people are very clearly interested in and have even stated, despite people's denials thereof, and we have receipts of all of these things, but um, they've they've stated that they want to form alliances with the right. Um, and that's something that I'm vehemently against, I think. And, and I should say, I'm not, I don't think I'm against it. I'm definitely against it, but I was about to form another thought. I think that what we end up seeing is this kind of strange um, hypocrisy of sorts. So there's a rejection of the mainstream media because it aligns itself with corporate interests. But then there's almost an embrace out of the need to be so contrarian of the far right and far right ideas because it, it gets back at, you know, the liberals whom we hate. And I'm like, why not both? You know what I mean? Like, if you're on the left, you should reject uh, liberalism uh, and its its harms and most definitely fascism, um, you know, and, and to be more specific, neoliberalism, right? Like, as in particular, is something that we should, we should reject from an economic side of things. Um, and we just, what I'm seeing is, like, people are going so far to reject or you know, stick it to the libs or whatever, that they end up, some consciously, some not, um, embracing a right-wing message and forwarding that as as some version of leftism when it is not. And it definitely is not. I mean, it's like objectively not left. Um, and I think that's incredibly dangerous because what we're seeing is a kind of sheepdogging effect where people who have built their platforms on discussing and proliferating left ideas all of a sudden continue to um, increasingly in, in increasingly uh, include uh, right wing imagery, right wing language, uh, right wing guests, um, right wing ideas, and then you know you blink and before you know it, that person's like literally on a show of someone who's a far right winger or has one of them on as a guest or has a boogaloo boy on as a guest, you know, and we're we're meant to kind of swallow that and be okay with it because this person was once on the left. And I think that what we're seeing is this kind of addiction to parasocial relationships that don't exist, right? Like this, these people are not your friends. They're using you to make money. Um, and, and I'm wondering what the cutoff point is, right? Because I think what we're seeing is 
you know, a denigration of leftist history, an insult to leftist followers, um, an insult to one's intelligence, to be quite honest, um, an insult to one's, um, I guess, devotion to those, to said podcasters, right, over time, um, because people have spent time, money, and energy into making these people famous, and then they turn around and say, thanks for that, and then go try to get money from a side that just wants to see the rest of us killed. So it's a very strange dynamic that I, I've, I've seen going on for a long time, and um, it's exhausting. But as I said, I, I think that there are some people explicitly engaging in red-brown sorts of... Um, you know, buffoonery. And it's, I don't, I think that that I, that concept is overused. Like sometimes people see red brown alliances and everything, you know, like they think that just because someone is anti-war or whatever, that they're all of a sudden uh, interested in fascism. It's like a very strange dynamic. And I think that some, some actors overuse the idea, but in some cases, and, and I, as again, I'm, I'm talking about the ones that are very explicit. They're literally saying that's what they want to do. And yet, even then we're sort of, those of us who are pointing that out end up being kind of gaslit or made to think that we're imagining things when we're just pointing out facts. And I think that some people are so far gone in following their faves that they lose sight of what's being said by these people or they don't, they cannot differentiate between left and right. And I think that that's the intention, you know, um, that the, these lines should be so blurred that some people cannot if someone were to ask them, for example, what is leftism, they would not be able to state what it meant. Um, they could only state what they were against, and then everything else is fair game. And I think that that's the danger in, in a lot of what I'm seeing. Um, and, you know, I also, I've, I've been very, um, I don't know, I've been very reserved often in my criticism of some podcasters because I feel like what they're doing, even though they may have been at it for a long time, I don't feel like it's directly harmful, for example, um, or they may have changed their tune over time. And even if it's just for clicks or for money, I just kind of let it go because I don't think that it is immediately having an effect on the left um, and left rhetoric and things like that. But, you know, I'm, I'm, and I, and I also tend to be more reserved about criticizing, uh, you know, leftist commentators of color, because I think to varying degrees, you know, like they get enough criticism as is, um, from multiple sides. And, uh, you know, I think there's also this like kind of strange, oddly rabid following to some leftists of color, or I should say leftists in quotation marks, because the people I'm thinking of are not really leftists. They're just contrarians. Um, but they, they, they get a very sort of rabid, obsessed following. And often what I see happen, which is sort of funny, is that whenever anyone, including people of color, are critical of these podcasters or left, left media space types of people, um, they're met with <laughs> this ironically, um, incredibly, uh, like identitarian response. And I should be more specific when I say identitarianism. I mean that in the sense of like identity reductionism, which shout out to Erica Keynes uh, for, for that idea instead of saying identity politics, because that's actually not what identity politics is about. And we've gone over that in an episode that uh, Richard and I did in the past about the Combahee river collective, which everyone should check out. Um, but, uh, 
yeah, you know, I think that there's sort of this identity reductionism that that's often weaponized by people who are ironically on the left claiming to be against that. Um, so whenever you criticize these people for um, going off the deep end, basically, you're met with, oh, you must hate black leftists or Asian leftists or Hispanic leftists or fill in the blank, right? Um, and I think that we have to, as the left and left media commentators, whatever, we have to be able to differentiate between criticism that's coming from a um, from good faith and criticism that's coming in bad faith. And I think that people know the difference, um, and especially those who understand mine and others' history in, in this space, um, but I think sometimes act disingenuously for the sake of, you know, deflecting uh, what I would think is, is uh, fair criticism, right? So in short, um, you know, I just, I'm, I'm growing more and more exhausted from this process and kind of, I feel like I'm hitting a brick wall um, often because I'm, I'm trying to explain to people that there are some out there who are literally just getting rich off of their naivete um, and that people need to be very careful about whom they promote uh, because it does matter. It does, it does matter that, you know, what, it does matter what these people are doing. It's not just an accident, um, that they're saying these things. And, and I think that we have to be more critical of the media that we promote, um, and, and, you know, prop up and the, the purveyors of said media that we prop up and why, and that we're not just doing it because we've been rocking with this person for a long time and respect them. And instead we need to be able to change if they start putting out ideas, rhetoric, commentary, whatever, that is detrimental to our aims as people on the left. Um, and, and you know, a lot has gone on in, during the break. There's too much for me to address now. Um, and a lot of things just in the past few weeks alone. So I'm recording this. Um, right now it's overnight, but it's, you know, August 26th, Thursday, August 26th in the morning, um, 1 a.m. And you know, just in the past week alone, so much has happened in terms of like world events, news, COVID, so many things. Um, and those are all things that, you know, I can address in a later episode, but in the, during the break, um, you know, being completely transparent, like one of the reasons I took a break was not just because I have so much going on and, and that's all true. Like I'm, I'm definitely overwhelmed by the amount of work and, and parenting and things like that, that I'm doing. Um, but I would say that, you know, I just got tired of what felt like uh, being trapped in some sort of maze or trying to talk to a brick wall or something. I mean, I know that, and I love these kinds of messages when we get them, but I know that people listen to us and they learn from our podcast episodes and they learn from our interactions and I learn from them so very much. And, you know, I appreciate all of that feedback and it helps me like keep doing this project, you know, because I recognize that it is important to certain people. It is important for us to discuss these thinkers and to have on guests who talk about leftist histories and how we can learn from them. And that's all crucial to growth. Um, it's crucial to, you know, what we discuss all the time with regard to um, both theory and praxis or putting things into practice, right? Um, but at the same time, it just can be so disheartening because you feel like, you know, no matter what you say, no matter how genuine you are, no matter how much hard work you put into things, um, you know, no matter how much you vet, you're always going to be dealing with people who are doing the least and earning the most, Um who are doing the least and have the greatest 
you know, the largest platforms and the, the biggest followings. And for those of you who know me, you know, I'm not in this for a big following and I'm not even like a professional podcaster. Um, I'm trying to finish my dissertation and things like that and go into academia. So it's a completely different track, not a journalist, etc. cetera. Um, but, you know, I think that there are sometimes moments when I reflect on, on things and I'm like, what am I doing? Like, it just feels like an empty exercise because I see so much harmful stuff out there. And I feel like despite my attempts to, um, combat it or discourage people from, from being, uh, you know, taken by it, to be honest, or falling for these, these okie dokes, if you will. Um, and it, it falls on deaf ears a lot. And I think that, you know, what's also frustrating is having been in these space, this space for a while, um, and just been having been on Twitter for the past few years, you know, you see things happening. You say something, you say something, you say something, you say something. And in that process, you're dismissed, you're ignored, you're made fun of, you're harassed even. Uh, these are definitely things that all happen to me. And then, you know, a few years down the line, those people all of a sudden snap to and recognize that people like me, of whom there, there are several of us, you know, many of us actually, who've been, who've kind of been, um, ringing the alarm or raising raising the alarm for a while on some of these people. And by the way, I don't like the term grifter anymore. I just feel like it's it's played out. And honestly, it's not grifting. It's not just about making money. It is about, I would argue, a destructive project. Um, and it's an intentionally destructive project. So it's not just about making money. It's about causing harm to the left, to be clear. Um, but, you know, like when I see these sorts of things happening and people will fall for it or get angry at me for pointing it out. And then they come to regret it a few years later and they come to recognize that, Hey, these, these people are charlatans, you know, like these people are causing harm, but then it's too late. Right. And their platform has only grown bigger. They've only earned more money. They've become more popular and more famous, have a greater reach. Um, and they're, they're basically unstoppable or so it seems right. Regardless of what they do, whether it's sexual harassment, abuse, racism, sexism, you know, literal, like <laughs> entertaining fascist alliances. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's like, they're literally unstoppable. Some of these people. And I think that we have to be, I mean, I don't know. It, it's just, it's incredibly frustrating. Um, and it kind of, it almost, it's like, there's a parallel to this that's ongoing with COVID, right? Because you see doctors, for example, or all these people who are like experts who know what they're talking about. And they're like, yo, you need to get the vaccine or like you need to wear a mask. You need to do this and that. And then they're just met with a kind of defiance that's like way disproportionate to what is being asked of the general public by these people. Um, and so I've definitely had my moments of, you know, saying a casual comment here or, or, or there about certain people and what they're doing that I find harmful and then just receiving a kind of backlash that's, that's off the charts and that's disproportionate, um, to, to what I'm saying. And, um, you know, it's, it's just frustrating. It's very tiring and it, it's like, I'm pouring so much time and energy into something I'm doing it largely on my own, at least all the back end stuff. And, uh, you know, you, you feel like it, it may, I should say, it makes me feel like I statements, right? It makes me feel like, um, you know, that it, it makes me wonder if it's in vain. Um, and that can be 
a really like debilitating feeling because especially if you have very limited free time and if you're using your free time to do something like this that you feel like people are um uh, I mean, or, or not just something like this, but even if you're just commenting, right? if you're making comments, if you're using your platform to kind of help people find better sources for leftist content, and it's just being ridiculed or rejected um, for people who are not doing the right thing and for people who are intentionally out to harm um, the left. And, and ultimately, when I say the left, I'm not just talking about like, Unions, you know, like I'm talking about everyday people. I'm talking about workers of all different racial, ethnic, sexual backgrounds. You know what I mean? Like this is, this is real for us. And when I'm talking about things that I admire in historical figures or things that I find inspiring in our past, I'm not doing it just for shits and giggles. Like I'm doing it because I hope to learn more and educate others about what I learned in the process so that we can have a better world you know like I what's happening right now is is heinous like just look around you know like I see so much indifference to human life and just literal hatred for other people that comes from nothing more than capitalist greed you know I mean it's very obvious as I said before we live in a libertarian hellscape and I see people watching hundreds of thousands of their fellow citizens and neighbors and friends and just fellow human beings die and get sick and even children right and there's just we're met with the concern for these people is just met with so much indifference and it's or even like a kind of hatred right I've, I've seen comments about you know fat people needing to lose weight or people who are sick whatever like it's their fault and like it's their fault if they die, you know, and it's it's just incredibly disheartening to see people talking like this when we're discussing things that people, you know, before the pandemic hit, they were living normal lives. And all of a sudden when the pandemic hit, one little health problem could mean the end of your life. And otherwise you were a healthy human being on the outside. You know, it's just, it's just so much at once. And I think it just hit me, you know, just like the callousness of everything going on. Um, the overwhelming degree of work and parenting that I was doing and housework that I was doing and just seeing people be disgusting online and taking advantage of people and continuing to take advantage of people as I say this, like, it's so, it's so, 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 so disheartening. Um, and I just needed a break. And, you know, who knows? I mean, I may take more breaks like this because it's, it's an incredibly toxics and I know that's like a cliche word to say but it's a toxic space right social media is a toxic space but it's it's all some of us have right now um as a as a way of of you know engaging in some sort of social activity safely but yeah I just wanted to get that off my chest and I have a lot more to say but I wanted to share this with everyone, just to let you all know what's been going on with me. I am still alive. Uh, this is your, your standard issue. I'm still here. I'm alive. I didn't forget about you guys kind of commentary. Um, but it's just something I wanted to, to make sure that was, it was clear to everyone. Um, because I, I really, I just, I'm fed up. Like I'm seeing so many awful things in so many aspects of, of the world. And like, seeing it in in a space that I once 
saw as, um, you know, foundational in a lot of ways to my political development and um, a space that I saw as welcoming and and helpful and, um, you know, rewarding in a lot of ways. And what I've seen over the past few months, if not years at this point, is just a downward spiral of people um, out for themselves and not really reflecting on what they can do for their community, what they can do for their fellow man or woman or, you know, non-binary person, fill in the blank here, but just for other human beings. We have lost sight of that in many ways on the left. And as people are trying to get more famous and more clicks and make more Patreon money and make more money through subscribers and YouTube and whatever else, they've lost a message, right? Um, and they've become what we were initially fighting against. And I think people need to wake up and understand what is happening um, and be really mindful of the media that they consume because not everyone out there is trying to make a stronger left and some are actually doing the opposite intentionally. Um, and they want to see the left fail because it helps them make money, right? This contrarianism is it breeds, it feeds off of, I should say, excuse me, it, it, first of all, it breeds doubt. But second of all, it feeds off of the, the violent destruction of, of our society, right? Um, and it benefits from things falling apart. And, you know, we are critical of systems that benefit from our downfall. If you look at, at things like, um, you know, disaster capitalism, right? I mean, we're critical of these things. And what I'm seeing in left alternative media spaces online is that there is a, like a, a kind of disaster capitalist approach that's popping up um, where as things get worse and worse, it's like an accelerationist argument, right? As things get worse and worse, the, the argument goes that, that eventually there's going to be some revolution, but all I'm seeing is things get worse and worse and some left commentators take advantage of that anger and just make more money in, in the process. So they are their own form of like disaster capitalists, you know? So we just need to be honest about that and aware of it. Um, and there's so many, I mean, male, female, black, white, you name it. They're out there, they're making a lot of money. Um, and they're not doing the right thing. So anyway, just just getting that off my chest, just venting some frustration. Um, we're going to have new episodes coming out soon. As many of you know, the school year is starting back up. Um, and in general, I'm going to still be writing and doing things like that uh, for, for my own work. So I may have pockets where I'm very busy and can't put out an episode. Um, but I'm still here. I'm still alive. I'm still doing my work. Um, doing the work, I guess, in my own way. Um, and I hope that those of you who have enjoyed the podcast in the past will continue to, um, you know, be with us. And for those of you who are new to the pat the podcast, sorry, this is your first episode. Um, I hope this is not anyone's first episode, but if it is, please go back and listen to some of the older episodes where we interview people and we talk about books and um, just amazing content that we have. And I say amazing not because of me, but because of my co-host, because of my guests, um, because of the feedback that we've gotten and the things that the ideas that we engage. Um, it's really, it's just, it's something that I've loved to do. And um, I hope to continue to share with all of you. Uh, so yeah, if you're new to this, 
go back, listen to some of the other episodes and you'll see that it's not all uh, gloom and doom and sad and frustration that I'm venting now, but actually, um, and oftentimes inspiring, uplifting, um, and encouraging content that, that can help us perhaps uh, get to the end of this and see the light at the end of the tunnel. So with that, uh, thank you for listening. I hope that you all are staying safe. Oh, also, um, just as a reminder to folks, for those of you who've followed me on Twitter, you know that I've been doing this for the past few months, but I just wanted to do a quick little reminder here on the podcast. Um, If you are in need of PPE, specifically masks, like high-grade masks, you know, KN95s, N95s, KF94s, please uh, message me on Twitter. You can message me at LeftPOC or at MuseWendy, and that's M-U-S-E, W-E-N-D-I. You can message me at either of those. Um, Just slide into my DMs and let me know that you need masks. Um, I'm giving them out to people who are frontline workers, you know, outward facing workers. So if you are a teacher, um, you know, a a waiter, a chef, you're doing back of the house, you're cater, you're a maid, whatever. If you find yourself in financial need and you need masks that are heavy duty and that will protect you, the wearer, and the people around you, um, because this Delta stuff is no joke. COVID has never been a joke, but Delta in particular is just out here killing people and making people sick left and right. Uh, So please do not hesitate to contact me and I will happily send you a kit of masks that you can label for a week and rotate at no charge. Um, Shipping is on me. It's free. So please feel free to reach out if you are in need uh, financially and you can't afford to buy a high-grade mask of your own. uh, Let me know and I will send you you some. Um, Yeah, so with that, thanks again, everyone. Be safe. Have a great end of the week and weekend. Uh, And thank you so much for listening. Have a good one. And once again, thank you for listening. Don't forget to check out all of our materials online by searching simply for Left POC. And that's L-E-F-T-P-O-C. You can check us out on Patreon, Twitter, Facebook, wherever you get your social media. And of course, wherever you get your podcasts.
before I 